Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is your boy, Prince Elawa. Um, look, it's been... Oh, wait. First of all, I gave y'all my Twitch handle. My fault. It's your boy, Abraham Lawa. Uh, y'all know who it is. You see me on the Osana podcast. You see me on Cover Zero. You also see me on this platform, Full Court Press here. We are coming back to you again. Today is opening night of the NBA 2022-2023 season. I am joined here by our co-host, Jabari, as well as newcomer, Sean Lowry. Today, we're going to discuss some of the uh, big topics that I know basketball fans have been have been keeping an eye on. For example, the Dre Golden State situation, the Udoka and the Celtics, what we're looking forward to opening week, the new additions. Our team specifically, y'all know I'm the Celtics fan over here. Y'all know Jabari is the Nets fan. And if you don't know, somehow if you don't know, Sean Lowry is your Clippers aficionado. So, gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome in. What's up, what's up? Appreciate it, y'all. Um, first of all, I want to thank both of y'all, man. Like, people have been trying to get me to to hop on here. So, you know, just because of Jabari, Jabari is such a solid, solid dude. I had to hop on here and, uh, you know, let's dive in some hoops real quick, man. I appreciate you, bro. It's great to be back, talk another season of hoops. And, man, I can't wait for opening day. I can't wait for opening night, rather, tonight. So let's get into it. As a result, the first thing we're going to talk about is, um, ironically, they were the two teams in the finals. Unfortunately, one of those teams had to lose. I was not very happy about it. But they managed to have their own drama during the offseason. We're going to start with the runner-ups, and that is the Boston Celtics. During the offseason, it was revealed that Ime Udoka, coach of the Boston Celtics, was having extramarital affairs with married (laughs) members of of the uh, front office. And as such, he's been suspended for a year. We now have uh, Tony. He is now stepping in as the interim coach. And the Celtics start off the season tonight versus the 76ers. Gentlemen, when it came to the Udoka news, look, me, I, I was like, what? what? <laughs> is this General Hospital? Is this Days of Our Lives? What is going on with this shit? I couldn't believe it. It just seemed like something that wouldn't happen to the Celtics. You know, this is this seems like a Phoenix type situation because they have their own drama, right? This seems like keep this away from Boston, yet it happened. You know, um, so for me it was I was disappointed because Emil Doka as a rookie was able to do something special with this Celtics team. You we went to the finals. We took the Warriors to six games in his rookie season. Like that's that's impressive, but then you're not even gonna get a sophomore year because of some stupidity. I mean, and also, you're married. Well, you were engaged to Nia Long. Nia Long, who's been a, a, a heartthrob for generations. Ever since we saw her on, on, you know, for me, ever since I saw her on The Fresh Prince, I was like, oh, that's a babe. And <laughs> we get this nonsense. Yeah, Lisa, now we get this nonsense. Um, that being said, I, I, I just, I'm glad it seems that the team is moving beyond it. They seem to rally together. They did seem shocked as hell. Uh, so I'm glad that it doesn't seem that any of them were complicit to such such an activity. 
But, gentlemen, what were your thoughts on the news when it broke out? What were your thoughts on the team? And how do you expect them to kind of react? And, and what is your projection for them this upcoming season, given that they now have a new person leading the team? First of all, when, when that happened, um, I was like, dang, okay, damn Nigerians. What the hell is going on? thinking like when it happened i was like okay dang like it had to be something big because first they didn't say like what happened so i was like he had to mess with someone on the higher up and obviously as news came out that was true and i was like yeah okay he's he like he, he's not gonna be able to come back because at the end of the day let's be honest right when it comes to um the front office most of the management right they're all white pretty much and you're in boston not to pick on boston but we know the history so I can only imagine, you know, was I think like the the VP's wife or something like that. I can only imagine him, you know, feeling feeling. Just imagine a a a white dude empowered, and then the coach, the black coach, is messing with your wife. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And and on top of that, like at least to 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 have you Doka's back a little bit when it comes to Nia Long. Supposedly they have an open marriage or open relationship. So you know. To each his own, right? So as far as that goes, but it sounds like it does. It does, and and and, and that's why I don't want to dive into too much because it, it it is a lot of mess. It is a lot of like it, it gets complicated, I guess. But I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think he's back as y'all coach personally. I think um, I think they gave him a year of suspension to try to get the VP and the other people that are upset to. Um, Basically, give them time to kind of cool off, but I'm worried because Udoka is a great coach, so I'm worried that they might try to blackball him, to be honest, um, because we saw that with Mark Jackson. When Mark Jackson didn't agree, if you know the history, when he had issues with the – obviously, they didn't like the fact that he was, like, uh, you know, his, pushing his religion, and then he made a comment about, um, was it the gay community or something like that, and the owner's son is gay. Right. And so once he didn't basically do what he what they wanted him to do, as you see, he still doesn't have a job. So hopefully that whole situation works itself out. As far as Boston goes, um, I'll be honest, I think y'all losing uh, the first game on Tuesday uh, and y'all losing to the Sixers. And, you know, I can't stand up, but I think y'all going to lose that. Game. And as far as the season, I do think y'all going to have a, a drop off um, just because. And, and it's funny because I remember. Some Boston fans were being hard on Udoka, like questioning him. But I liked what he was doing. I was like, he's setting a culture, right? Which is ironic because he didn't, he didn't like do what he should have been doing with the when it came to the organization. Irony. What what I loved about us was the sense of accountability he held the team to, and then he can't <laughs> hold himself accountable. It's like, hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold on. <laughs> yeah, like he kind of he kind. That it's a, it's not a great look, but um, but yeah, I think y'all take a step back. It won't surprise me if y'all. Let's see what y'all last year. We ended well. We were the eleventh seed up until about up until about January, and we fought back to be the second seed. The second seed. That's what I thought. I can't yeah. remember if it was second or third. I think it won't surprise me if you guys are like the fifth seed this year. 
So that that that's my thought. I know you don't want to hear that, Abe. I know you know. No, I mean, look, look. You know me, Sean. You know, and everybody who knows me. I'm as realistic a Boston, a sports fan in general. I don't, I don't have high expectations for my team, and I'm not like, you know, these Dodger fans who who think that they're a World Series contender every year when they can't even make it out of the, the first <laughs> round. You know, um, regardless, sure. win 120 games. It means nothing if you can't win three games uh, in a series. But regardless, I understand that my team, I expect some changes, especially since Robert Williams will not be ready up until maybe January because he recently had surgery and it won't be until November that he can start resuming basketball-like activities. So I'd say maybe Mm -hmm. end of December, but most likely January is probably the earliest, earliest we can see him come back. And we all know, we all know how much growth Robert Williams has taken. Sean, when he was first drafted, I don't know if you remember a few years ago, me and you had a conversation about him. I yep. was in love with his deep, his defensive play style, his energy, and you and you told me he is a dog when it comes to defense. You also yeah. told me, like, hey, he is limited offensively. And we saw yeah. that. We saw that. We've seen it and get better, especially last season. We saw him, you know, starting to shoot that baseline jumper a little bit more and him hitting it. Yeah. So I, I y'all, I love Robert Williams. I love Time Lord. He's not gonna be here for a bit, and that's going to hurt, I believe. Especially since, yep. like you said, we start the season versus the 76ers. You know, <laughs> you know, he start versus right. the Bees, and now Horford is not getting younger. You know, even though he's been able to turn back time. So by all means, I fully, fully, I want real, I want real opinions. I want real, un, unbiased takes when it and, comes to my team especially well i'll tell you this too the addition with blake griffin doesn't move me whatsoever um that's barbecue picking if, if they, any team that sees him needs to go at him every single time so that's another you know the reason why y'all losing uh robert uh what's his name william that's another that's another that's to me that's why that's a huge huge i mean he'll be back but that's a huge loss to me just because Y'all definitely need that size. And I think, didn't uh, Gallinari get hurt, too? Um, Yeah, but Gallo Gallo got injured in the uh, Olympics, well, not Olympics, in FIBA or international He's supposed to be out, too, though, right? Yeah, so he's gone. He may be out for the season. Yeah, yeah. yeah, So that's another one. You know what I mean? So Well, pretty much much my my thoughts on the Emi Aduka situation. It sucks. It sucks. I'm looking at it from a perspective of this guy was an assistant coach for nearly a decade. He got his start with San Antonio in like, I want to say 2011, 2012. And, and he's always been at the top of, of lists when it comes to head coach considerations, but rarely if, if ever got, you know, the final nod or the opportunities to prove himself. And, and he finally, you know, he finally aced an interview um, coming off of, being a great assistant for Brooklyn, and and got his head coaching gig, and in the first I'm year, blame on Brooklyn. I'm gonna blame Brooklyn for his. Action. Nah, you don't. You don't. Nia Long was. She was a happy. She was a happy chair, happy camper in Brooklyn in the crowd. I don't think she wants to even attend the Boston game, but that's a whole different story. She so, actually did, mind you. Please, please. No, I mean, she, I mean, I mean, going forward, going forward. Oh yeah, I don't, but, um, I don't think so. <laughs> But going back, going back to things, it, it's a sad situation because if you look at the Celtics last year, as Abe pointed out, you know, very briefly, they did struggle early, and it wasn't just a 
we hired MA and everything changed thing. You know, like there was a lot of calling out. Smart had to call out pretty much the entire team. Um, MA called out people from the team also. And and they had to come together to 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 rally to to be the good team that they were last year, the finals team that they were last year to to sweep my team, um, and and just go through the Eastern Conference to to get to the finals. It, it's definitely a, an amazing feat. Um, and and <laughs> there's a lot of argument to say that they have a way better chance of coming out as champions if if not for Golden State being the the team on the other end. So I just think it was a it's an unfortunate event and Emmy's a grown man. He should have known better. He's a married man. So he definitely should have known better, but uh, it's a lot of um, speculation still. There's a lot of details that, that aren't out. There's, even though we know a lot so far, there's, there's still sources saying that there's more that we don't know that would further explain why his suspensions a year, why it's so hefty. And there's also other sources saying that the only reason he wasn't fired was because realistically the coaching candidates are weak. So um, it's a big question mark whether he'll be the coach at the beginning of the 2023 season, 2023-24 season. And I don't even have enough knowledge on the interim to say how well he'll do. But just from seeing rookie coaches and 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 different people leading the Celtics like I just don't know how far they'll go so to say they'll be like a fourth or fifth seed like Sean said I think I'd have to agree on that um what they do have on their side is a team full of two-way players and in a league where defense is like a lost art you know they still have that going for them so now now Jabari what do you think of the addition with uh Brog do you think that like do you think that helps the Celtics at any like obviously it doesn't help as far as size, but, you know, it, it's it's silly to me because that notion, like, Celtics can get help with a point guard. It was similar, like, with the Clippers. I remember you said drive me crazy when I used to hear that um, because of who was handling the ball most of the time. But mm-hmm. do you think uh, Brogdon is going to, like, be able to help? Because um, I think they're going to have him as the point guard, so almost be like the, the – He's our sixth man. Well, yeah, I do think I, when he's on the floor, like, do you think he'll be yeah. the help as a floor general for them to take some of that pressure off? I do I think, actually, um, yeah. I do think Brogdon's a help. I don't view him as like a, a point guard that'll solve problems through passing. But in the last two seasons of Indiana, he's averaged, I think, six assists, and season before that, like seven assists. So he's coming off of nineteen a game, twenty-one a game the season before that. He's definitely something. Um, He's definitely a person the Celtics need. I, I think he's a necessity right now. When you're looking at the injuries they have to to Gallo, um, and then the other point guards on the roster, or the other guards that they play at point on the roster, um, there's Boyle. a lot of there's yeah there was a lot of smart handling the ball. Then you had Derek White, and I think him coming over from San Antonio last year was a a big help for the Celtics also. So I do think. Brogdon helps more than he hurts, but I I have to agree with the Blake Griffin signing being um, I'd say I go off the limb and say it's a it's a non factor, um, yeah. and having had Blake Griffin for two seasons was it two seasons maybe a season yeah, and a half or whatever the case may be, um, he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't bring much to the table anymore. He's he's a he's pretty much a spot up shooter, 
Um, he's not too versatile defensively, uh, and he falls a lot. <laughs> so if he's getting the charges calls, great. But if he's not, then he's just on the floor, you know, having you play four and five because he's, you know, complaining to the referees. So yeah. um, I'd like to see him – I'd like to see him succeed and, and, and just be half of what he was for the Clippers. I wanted to see that with us. But if he can, you know, if he can be a force – for the Celtics, and they need that at his position. Al Horford's another year older, and you guys are just talking about Time Lord being out until I think they say November, but let's be safe and say December. So, it's I think they definitely need the presence of a of a savvy big and of a vet. And I don't know. I, I actually saw recently from preseason games he's he's been enjoying his time in Boston. He said it's it's refreshing having, um, I guess being around guys that don't have to turn it on. It's always on. So I'm I'm guessing that's a little bit of a a diss towards Brooklyn or Nash's coaching or something like that. But, you know, all the best to him. I just don't see Boston being a, a top seed this year. I see it in their future, but just not this year. So, Sean, I do believe that Malcolm Brogdon does help just because, as Jabari mentioned, when Derek White came to Boston, you saw how immediate his impact was felt as a playmaker, but also as a defensive point guard. You know, and, and it helped our team a lot. But you also saw where how far that help extended. He was not a scorer for us. It was, I mean, he had a playoff game where he had zero points. But his plus minus was like plus 22. Malcolm yeah. Brogdon can score. He can, get, he can get us buckets. So having him come off the bench as a sixth man and leading the second unit not only as a playmaker, but just as a scorer, that helps. Because one of the things that was an issue for us is that when Tatum and Brown aren't scoring, who are we going to? You, yeah. If you say Marcus Smart, if, if, you, if you don't watch any Celtics basketball and you say Marcus Smart, that's all I need to know. You know Marcus Smart is as streaky as they come. You know he's as streaky as they come. Oh, we haven't well, last had year it was Al Horford in the playoffs. Like that, yeah. that was like their main option. Yeah, so it's just like we we don't have a consistent third option. It was we were looking at Peyton Pritchard to be that that spark plug off the bench, and it it he's shown flashes, but it just hasn't hit yet. Malcolm Brogdon established, and it seems that he's going to embrace his six man role. So if he can give us easily fifteen to fifteen points off the bench a game, along with his playmaking and his defensive capabilities and and his rebounding as a second unit, I feel like it will help a lot. Now, in regards to the rest of the season, do I see us being a top three seed? Definitely not. Not at this moment. There's too many question marks. So I agree with you. Four, five makes sense. But at the same time, the team did something amazing. They were the 11th seed for half the season and then finished second. You know? And it was a weird year for the East. No one won more than 55 games. I believe Miami ended up with the first seed with like 52, 53. It Whereas out West, it was extremely competitive. It was but... competitive. So anything can change. But as of right now, I do agree with you guys. I do see the Celtics as a fifth. If we can get a fourth, it'll be a big W in, in my book, considering how the season has started before tip-off. Um, as re- in regards to tonight, look, if the 76ers are all clicking, you know, James Harden is there. And he's bought in. The the 76ers seems to be buying in. Unless Doc Rivers does some typical Doc Rivers type of stuff. 
I, I see maybe an L. I just want it to be a competitive game nonetheless. Come out with energy. Come out and show out. I don't really mention Blake Griffin because when that happened, I was like, so, so is this, is this Clippers version of Blake Griffin? If that's not what we're getting, I don't understand. I, I know it's just for a body for depth, especially with the Gallinari Time Lord injury. But I, I, you know, I'm not expecting Blake Griffin to save the day. I am hoping for Malcolm Brogdon to make an immediate impact and for it to be felt. Now, will it lead to more W's? We'll see. Uh, that being said, we'll now talk about the finals, the defending champions, Golden State Warriors. Now, recently, a video was released. Draymond knocked the hell out of Jordan Poole at a practice. And reports started coming out that the locker room has been different since they won the title just because max contracts are on the table. Money is on the table for Draymond, Andrew Wiggins, and Jordan Poole. Not everybody can be paid. Draymond being the vet, you know, how many times have we always had debates, not amongst our, not only amongst ourselves, but just basketball fans in general, about the importance of Draymond, about how well can he succeed outside of Golden State? How well, how integral is he to Golden State? Recently, both Poole and Wiggins have been given new extensions to their contracts. About four years, both sides, I believe, uh, Poole got $145 million and Wiggins got like $170. I believe those were the numbers, like four years, four or five years each. Yes. Yeah, Draymond, yeah, Draymond hasn't been given one yet, but we know, as far as I know, there's speculation he might, this is his last year, he might go on to the Lakers. He is part of Clutch Sports, and there's this Clutch Sports narrative. You guys, <laughs> when you look at what has happened, and I, I won't give my thoughts on the Draymond uh, pool situation. I, I want to hear you guys. What are your thoughts on the Draymond and pool incident? What are your thoughts on the moves Golden State has made by giving money to Poole and Wiggins? And what are your expectations for Draymond, not only for this season, but for his future in the league in general? Does he end up staying with Golden State? Do Golden State get rid of him? Is he traded? Is he just, does he actually sign with the Lakers or does he sign to a different team before I get into the Draymond pool situation um Wiggins was signed to an extension so looking at Warriors the Warriors situation he signed a 109 million dollar extension four years and he already had a year on his deal so he's now tied to the Warriors for five years 143 million Jordan Poole on the other hand signed a four-year contract for if I'm not mistaken, $140 million. So that's, what, 35 a year for four years? With those two signings, that currently puts the Warriors tax situation at, I want to say, <laughs> close to $500 million in the luxury tax. For Draymond to, to, to re-sign for the contract he wants, after those two signings, their tax situation would be close to a billion. That's not happening. The Warriors have made their decision. Draymond's either going or signing for a way, way, way lesser deal, which I don't even see that happening at this point. So that's just knocking out the the contract talk and, and what happened. And I think that shows who the Warriors prioritize at this point and and the reason why it should be obvious, um, at least in my opinion. 
So to go on to the 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 conflict Poole and Draymond had, uh, it's still a lot of things in the air. It's still a lot of things that we have to speculate about because there were reports coming out that says Poole's um, attitude was changing. Um, there's been a lot of contract talk, and he's known he's going to get paid. And then there's the uh, the people denying that, shutting that down. It's been saying, you know, Poole's attitude ha- hasn't changed. We've been around him. So we don't really know why they were arguing, how long um, tension has, has been between them two. But from the video, we can see there was chirping back and forth at practice. Um, Draymond eventually approached Poole, got into his personal space. Poole shoved him out of his personal space, and Draymond retaliated with a punch. He, he knocked him out. Like, he didn't get knocked out, but he got knocked down. So it was a, it was a hard punch, and it's... In my opinion, it was tough to see because um, I, I don't know Draymond's age, but I'm assuming he's like 30, 32, 33. Either way, Poole's his junior. Um, they they put Jordan Poole's locker room, his locker in the locker room next to Draymond's just so Draymond could, could mentor him when he when he came into the league from the G League, when he, you know, when he got on the Warriors team. So it's just a sad sight to see. It's somebody that, Poole obviously, you know, at some point respected and maybe they still have a mutual respect for one another. But um, to my knowledge, fights happen a lot in these um, practices and stuff like that. I don't know how much, how often a teammate decks someone else in the face, but fights do happen. And the fact that the video got out and we were able to witness, you know, that happened pretty much immediately after it occurred um, shows that the Warriors have some work to do on on cleaning things up as far as their, their video coordinator, video staff. I don't, you know, I don't know how that gets out, but they got some work to do with cleaning things up, but I definitely don't approve of, of Draymond's, um, how he went about things, especially as a leader of that team. And as what most view was the, the, the guard of the team, the, uh, he's the enforcer, he's the guard. Sometimes he's the point guard. He does a lot of roles. He's, you know, that's, that's, that's why he's special. And, um, He's just showing a a side of him that I guess we all could say that we've seen, but we just didn't know that he had that for his teammates too. Actually, no, he had a situation with KD right before KD left. So, I mean, it's it's sad to say, but Draymond's proven a lot of people right, and he needs to be better than that. That's 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 my opinion on that. You take it from here, Sean. Yeah, no, you you hit on a lot, man. Um, I agree with a lot of it, but I guess it's, I'll start off with the fight. Um, as far as the fight, it it wasn't. Let me repeat, because some people been going back and forth, you know, about it. It wasn't a sucker punch, in my opinion, but it was a weak move, right? Um, as the leader of the team, like unless Paul says something about his family, his kids, or something like that, like as as teammates, there's really no reason to ever really go at it like that. Like he pushed you, you pushed him back. You way bigger than him. And I look at it like like Dre, you know, it's like that fake tough act because it's like Dre, you. You don't go at no, – I've never seen go at nobody like that. Like, you'll act like you want to, but you never do. And, yeah, you go against this young kid with pulls 23 or whatever it is, and then you want to, you know, be the big bad wolf. Um, I mean, it is what it is, though. I think, you know, I think they'll move forward with it. Uh, and regardless, I mean, Poole got paid, so I'm, I'm sure he's cool. Poole and Wiggins. And uh, as far as, you know, where Dre goes – um. I guess I will feed into that narrative because I do think 
if if he doesn't go anywhere, he will go to the Lakers because that is that is L.A. clutch. Um, because that's that's yeah, LeBron hooks up his people. So I think you know he'll end up being with the Lakers, or unless I don't see him taking the pay cut, uh, especially because he is with Clutch. Um, and I could see the Lakers overpaying for Dre to be honest. Um, but who knows? Maybe a team you know feels like hey, he could be that that championship piece that we need, and you know they end up signing him. But the Warriors, in my opinion, they did the right move because the great thing about the Warriors that's been very underrated is you know they were contending for championships, but building, um, building for the future. And regardless, you could say, oh, man, you know, they had injuries, they tanked, okay, whatever. But at the end of the day, I remember how many people were saying, hey, they should trade those picks. Hey, they need another star, right? And so they're still developing that young talent with, uh, what's his name, uh, Kamunga, uh, Moody, uh, Poole, Wiseman, right? And Poole already hit. So honestly, they just need one of those, the other three to either be decent or really good, and you already have two people that you can build around a future with, right? And so, um, because I look at, like, if I'm the Warriors, Dre's out of there, because uh, I'm not going to pay him, it's just too much. Um, and then you have Poole to build with, you have one of the younger players, and then you can still have Steph Curry, where eventually Steph Curry can get strict. I mean, he plays off the ball now, but he can strictly play off the ball as he's getting older, right? Where he's if if it's Dane there where he's just literally running around and not even really dribbling, just shooting, he could because he's a he's a deadly shooter, the greatest shooter ever. So you have that aspect um of it. And then I honestly think too, um, as Clay starts slowing down, especially because of his injury, I don't know if he's gonna be able to be who he was. Um, but you have pull there ready just in case that does happen. So um so yeah, as far as that goes, you know, I think it was smartest to to build with the future. And then um, as far as the team itself, I think they're still going to be in the mix. I think, you know, I don't think the Dre situation is going to stop them from pursuing a championship. I still think they're at the very least a top three uh, team in the West, maybe maybe number one, because um, they're going to be dangerous. And I think they, they play the Lakers today. I think they smack them. Um, I think the Lakers have a good fight. And then I think in the fourth, uh, the Warriors start pulling away. I do want to say one thing, too. You know, as a Celtics fan, I want to give Andrew Wiggins his flowers because he took Jason Tatum on a personal tour of Alcatraz during the finals. <laughs> yes. And just when you look at Wiggins' career, too, as as just a fan of the sport, I'm really, really happy that at least he he he's, he was victorious. He was drafted by the Cavs, but then traded away when... Uh, LeBron returned because uh, that was in part he was part of that trade to bring Kevin Love to the to the Cavaliers. You already know how his time in Minnesota went; it was up and down. You had the Jimmy Butler situation, then he goes to Golden State, and we've always looked at Wiggins as like, is he that guy? Can he be that guy? Can he can he be the baller that we all expected him to be when he was picked? I believe number one overall, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. And what was he able to do this season? He was able to, to show us that he is a two-way player that can get you buckets and played lockdown defense. The, the, he put on a master class in the finals. So congratulations to Andrew Wiggins for being an NBA champion and for getting paid. You deserve it. You know, as a Celtics fan, I, I have to acknowledge that because it'd be rude of me not to. Uh, you, that being said. 
Oh, you actually reminded me. I forgot that point. Mm -hmm. You actually, you reminded me right now. So that's the other point, right? Like the best defender in the finals was Wiggins. It wasn't Draymond, right? Mm -hmm. It was Wiggins. So that was supposed to be Dre's thing. And let's be honest, like Dre a lot of times was getting exposed in the finals, to be honest with you. Um, Wiggins was the one that was really setting the tone. Like obviously Dre, I'm not saying he's not the vocal leader and things like that, but defensively, Wiggins, I mean, there was a strong case for Wiggins getting MVP, right? Like, that's yeah. how well he was playing for the team and was that important. That's why I loved it when he went to the Warriors because I was like, he has zero pressure now. Like, he exactly. can just strictly be a defender and get his buckets, get his buckets wherever it fits in. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's what he did because, honestly, a lot of times he was the number three guy, right? Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes the number two guy. You know, so um, so yeah, I just wanted to to throw that out there to give Wiggins his his flowers, like you said, and, and that's even more so why to me it makes more sense to pay Wiggins and Dre, who is getting older now, and especially because at a certain point it's just like, okay, are you are you really helping or is it just you're constantly barking? And yes, it helps to a degree, but over time you, you is I feel like. They'll miss his leadership, but you could find another person that can bring that leadership. You might have to adjust a little bit when he does leave. But at the same time, if you have the main core, which is Curry, <laughs> Clay, and then you build with the future, um, I think they'll be all right. I feel it. I feel it. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going we're gonna to dive into, like I mentioned earlier, Bari and Sean are fans of their respective teams being the Nets and Clippers, right? We already got to cheat and talk about my Celtics, and we're not going to talk about them anymore because I don't want to hear nobody else speak disparagingly about my team. I already know what we are. We're good. We got out, got that out the way. But now, ladies and gentlemen who are listening, let's, let's dive. Jabari, we're going to start with you. Let's dive into the Nets. This is going to be the first year where Ben Simmons plays a game and God knows how long. KD's back. He's been looking good during preseason. Kyrie is going to actually play an entire season, health willing. He's been looking good this preseason. What are your expectations for the for the Brooklyn? I was about to say Boston Nets because you know Boston kind of owns Brooklyn now. But that being said, what is your <laughs> expectations for the Brooklyn Nets? What do you? Think of them coming out of opening night. What moves have they made off the offseason that you like, that you dislike? Just give us your own analysis of your team. All right. So I was at the the preseason game against the uh, who were we playing? But well, that's aside from the point. I was at Ben Simmons' first game for the Brooklyn Nets, the first game he's actually played. And Throughout this offseason, we kept a lot of guys from last year's team, but we made a lot of changes as far as um, coaching staff. Um, ben Simmons, obviously, like I mentioned, he's back. Uh, it's it's a, it's a tough thing to predict the Nets because we, we went out. We got swept by your team that eventually went to the championship, um, that eventually went to the final, sorry. And, and there's been a lot of question marks surrounding KD, Kyrie, if they want to be here. Um, just even bigger question marks, in my opinion, surrounding our head coach, Steve Nash, who's uh, still a rookie head coach. He's in his, um, I want to say, third year now, going into his third year now. Um, 
we what I feel helps Nash this year, we we sign Igor Kokoskov. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. Um from Dallas. He's he's the head coach of is it Slovenia's national team? But either way, he, he's been a coach in this league for he has twenty something years of experience. He's a offensive mastermind as as most his peers say. So I'm excited about that. We need to get our guys easier looks, especially when you're playing off of Ben Simmons. You have catch and shoot guys like KD who can create, he can catch. He's catching from the wing, from from mid range. Like it's it's we have to make things simpler on guys. We have all time offensive talent, and at stretches last year, it's it seemed like we were struggling to simply just put the ball in the hoop. Um, still have concerns defensively, but. I saw Ben Simmons as a a big acquisition for us because of the struggles that we had defensively. Um, you can play Ben Simmons at any position on the floor, and and he'll you know at least attempt to hold his own. And he's shown glimpses of still being a defensive beast. He's definitely shown that in the preseason, and I'm expecting him to come out full force. The pressure, you know, necessarily isn't exactly on him, so he should be able to to at least return to his, his days of old times. Um, I'm looking forward to a second year of Cam Thomas. Uh, Claxton looks a little bit better than last year. He's, he's our defensive center and our backup is, um, he's going into his, I want to say he's going into his second year and he's an offensive center. So it's, we have question marks still. Um, to predict us, I'd have to say we're going to be a top three seed. This is the final year of Kyrie's contract. He didn't receive an extension due to, you know, events last year due to the COVID situation, the the, the mandate, everything that went on led to Kyrie not getting the extension that he got in the first place. He just never, it never was offered to him. KD stuck for three more years here. He doesn't call any shots. He tried it. And our owner said no. So he's here to play. And KD's a gamer. Like, he's he's that's in the past right now. He's thinking about the team we got. Some of the things that makes me happy, like, to see that we're actually trying, I actually like the acquisition we got from um from Utah in Royce O'Neal. I see him as a kind of like a 3 and D guy. Um, he plays bigger than his, than his position, but that's that's a need for us. So we, we've had a lot of sharpshooters that, weren't necessarily known for defense. So to have a guy that can get gritty, that can, you know, that's willing to defend the guy for KD, you know, if Ben Simmons is occupied with another defender, well, sorry, with another player, we got we got a guy with his of his caliber to, you know, do work. It's it's going to be a big question mark year for the Nets, but I have a friend named Michael Gibson and when we first acquired this talent of K- KD Kyrie and then eventually traded for Harden, he always used to say to me, this Nets team is championship or bust. And it used to piss me off, if I'm being honest, but <laughs> I can see it. Like, I can see why that's said. Like, we have so much all-time talent. New York has a a need to win, you know, just on any level. But especially for basketball, no New York team has won since the 70s. The last time the Nets were in the finals, they weren't even a New York team. They were playing for Jersey still. That was in the early 2000s against the the Lakers. So I do see this this era of Nets basketball as championship or bust. However they figure it out, I don't know. 
I don't really care. They're getting paid to do it. So I definitely want to see results this season. I think this season should be a statement year for Kyrie. I did mention he didn't get an extension, so I think he balls out. Um, he's surprisingly been a – or maybe not surprisingly. He's been a, a defensive pest in the preseason. You can tell that he wants to play basketball. He he still loves the game, you know, despite the question marks around if he wants to play, what's his priorities. He just welcomed his uh, – um, another daughter, and it seems like he's he has his head on right for basketball. Like he wants to play basketball, so I'm um, I'm looking forward to. We won't have on opening day. We won't have Joe Harris, and we won't have Seth Curry. It, that's been announced. We won't have them on our opening day roster, but we are expecting them back, both back soon. And another low key before I hand this off, another low key signing we had was T.J. Warren, who hasn't. I don't think he's played since the bubble, so we got him for the low. And he should be returning in November or December. So there's a lot of Bubble things. Bubble Boy himself is with the Nets? Okay. Bubble Boy. We saw okay. Bubble, Boy. Mm-hmm. Bubble so. MJ. Bubble MJ. <laughs> Go mm-hmm. ahead, Nets. Y'all making moves. So we, we have a we have a lot of people that um, fans haven't gotten a chance to see in preseason. And the last thing I'll mention before I hand it off to Sean is Utah Watanabe. He's a, you may have seen him. If you watch any Raptors basketball last year, you may have seen him play, you know, minutes here and there, splitting minutes with Chris Boucher and, um, and the other guy, I forget his name, but Utah's a hustler. Um, he's not necessarily great at anything, but he fights, he hustles, he, he runs, he, he sets hard screens. Um, he has his teammates back and he stretches the floor. And when you have Ben Simmons teams, you need anyone that can play the four or five that can stretch the floor. So I think Yuda and at times Markeith Morris will be big for us, at least big in the locker room, if not, you know, on the court. So I hand it yeah. off to you. Um, no, I mean, you, you, I agree with a lot what you're saying. Um, well, first off, I want to say my boy Jabari, like he deserves better. So Brooklyn, please get it together. Like, he deserves better. Like y'all keep putting him through these, through these stressful times, it's no. Wait, 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 wait. What um, about me? What about me? Hold on. Don't I deserve better as a Celtics fan? Hold on. Wait, uh, wait, wait. wait. You, have you not seen your team win? I, I don't remember. Did, were you not? Look, well, I wasn't even legal. I could not celebrate. I at mean, that time. but you saw. But you saw. So, but I wasn't. That, I was a kid. Does that hey, count? Regardless, regardless, wow. you saw. Okay. Um. But no. So, uh, as far as the team goes, I do like the the. Royce O'Neal addition, um, I think he's going to help a lot defensively. Ben Simmons, even though his offense, like, he still has no real offense. But um, I do like that. I do think Kyrie's going to play very well um, because it's a contract year, and I think he's motivated um, and annoyed that he didn't get the contract extension. Um, And KD, I mean, KD is, when healthy to me, he's the best player in the world. Like, that's just what it is. When he's healthy, when he can play, like, there's no stopping him. Uh, Kyrie is the most skillful player right now to me. Um, but, again, they have to be on the floor. They have to be committed to defense. Um, but my biggest issue, which I told Jabari when when they first hired him, I was telling everyone who would listen, I hated the Steve Nash hire. I still hate the Steve Nash hire. Um, and so that's why I always put a cap on this team. I think – they will be a three, uh, a top three team in the East. Um, I think they will have a better regular season. 
Um, but I still, unfortunately, think they're going to flame out when it's postseason because even though people think coaching don't matter, I remember hearing that too when the Nets were put together. Oh, man, Nash don't even have to worry about it. You know, they'll just be out there and, and be able to play ball. Well, that's literally how Nash be coaching because it looks like an AAU team every time I see them play. So um, coaching matters. And so I hope uh, – I'm not even going to try to say that the name that Jabari said, but the dude that, that came – I hope he does help him. I hope Nash is committed to it um, because if not, it's going to be the same result. Like you can't just play KD, you know, 40 minutes or whatever and hope that he saves you. You know, you can't just be like, okay, hey, Kyrie, go ISO every possession when it's, when it's crunch time. Like, no, you have to hold those players accountable. Um, that's why personally I wish that they fired him. Um and before, you know, some people be like, be like, oh, man, like, why, you know, why would you ask for someone's job? But if people remember, Nash had to get convinced to be the coach. Like, he wasn't necessarily looking to coach. So in a sense, I don't necessarily blame him because, um, I mean, if they offer me a bag, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a coach KD, too. Why not? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, in that in that way, I just say, though, like, they, I wish they did fire Nash just because if they if they did that, like, even even I. Hopefully, I don't want them to flame out just because I don't want Jabari to, to deal with another heartbreak. But if they don't meet expectations and they keep Kyrie and they keep KD, I hope they finally do get rid of the – because I feel like they're wasting time. Like, KD's, what, 34, 35? Like, you only have so many great years of KD. So yeah. why not max that out with another either really good coach or a great coach? And I'll be honest, I feel like Nash is a below average coach. Um, he just drives me crazy every time I watch the game. So, uh, so yeah, that I mean, that's where my concerns is, I guess, with that. But um, overall, I mean, talent. Obviously, there's there's no question. Like they're they're one of the most talented teams for sure. Um, I just hope that when it's time, they can make the adjustments. Uh, the good part is they don't have to worry about Boston like that because I do think, like I said, I think they take a step back. Um and and won't be the they'll still be pretty good defensively but I don't think the way that Udoka had that culture and stuff like that I think it's not going to be like that so you know depending on who they play they might be able to catch some breaks here and there um but yeah that's I guess that's my thoughts when it comes to the Nets um I don't know how you feel Jabari are you ready to cuss me out or you agree or all right so I mean pretty much I wasn't hit off guard by anything Sean just said, because we've had a lot of conversations just from since the day, since the moment Nash was hired, going on to up until now, pretty much. And up until when KD was asking out, um, it's, it's legitimate criticism and it's not hitting me off guard because if you watch Nets basketball, whether you're a fan or not, you can see the glaring holes, the the issues in, um, in Nash's play calling and in his rotations uh in the respect that he commands from players it's just it's so much different <laughs> different things we could get into but a part of me does wish it does wish that Nash got fired around the time where KD was requesting out and that's not just to satisfy a, a star player's ego or anything like that but I I really do think that he's an inferior coach um he may be a a, a great basketball mind but that doesn't necessarily translate to to being a leader of men and you know, so on and so forth. So I do, I do wish we, we went another route and started the transition of 
you know, getting a new coach in and letting that person, letting that person build with our group, letting that person imprint their identity onto us. But we're on to another year of Nash. He's openly, publicly gotten support from our owner, Josai. So <laughs> that looks like the route we're going. And so all I can do really is, is either hope for a very soon downfall to where we can get rid of Nash easily and replace him or just hope that things work out, hope that he improves. Because personally, I have nothing against him as, as, a, as a person, as a player. Um, I really don't. Like he's, He doesn't come off as a bad person, as a bad guy. But you look for certain qualities when you when you're looking for a head coach, um, when you're trying to win a championship too. It's not just a head coach of of guys that you're trying to get over the hump and get them to be um, productive NBA players. These are guys that um, have won, especially our two our two main stars have won already, and they're trying to win again. They're trying to win outside of the situations that that they've done it in. They both have narratives spun around them. Where in KD's situation, it could be, you know, Golden State, Curry, whatever. And then in Kyrie's situation, it's LeBron. So these guys, these guys have uh, a passion for the game. They want to win again. And it'd be a shame to have their years wasted out in Brooklyn because we had an inferior coach or because they couldn't come together, or whatever the situation may be, you know. So, no, I'm definitely not <laughs> offended or anything like that with uh, the criticism on Brooklyn. If anything does end up holding us back, it'll be the direction. It'll be the play calling. It'll be the the rotations and the late game calls. Like all these things matter. Um, all these things contribute to your ultimately to your seeding and to the experience you're gonna have in the playoffs. So, uh, these are things I'm hoping. I'm I'm really hoping because, you know, we hired a a a few new assistants and uh, assistant named Igor, who's a great offensive mastermind. I'm really hoping that, uh, that, that our offense becomes better, more fluid. We get our stars easier buckets and I'm hoping our defense um, plays off of Ben Simmons, plays off of Royce O'Neal and these gritty guys that, that we either acquired or we have, you know, playing for us this season because we just had a preseason game with Milwaukee a couple of days ago. And, and these guys, if they showed anything, they showed that they can be gritty. They can be defensive. They Ben Simmons showed he can still play good defense, especially on a player like Giannis holding him to like four or five field goals out of uh, like 16, 17 attempts. So um, there's a lot to look forward to. And then there's a lot to, I guess, not look forward to. Um, you just you just hope for the best in certain situations. It's definitely not um, – a, a thing where I can say the Nets are going to run off with things like they have to prove a lot first and there's a lot of chemistry to be built also. So, yeah. So that being said, Barry, you guys open the season Wednesday, tomorrow evening versus the Pelicans. You guys. So my prediction, my prediction on that game and I already have that. I got money on that. Um, I have us winning. Um, the Pelicans are no joke and it's not just cause Zion's back. If you watch, you know, Pelicans basketball last year, they got better and better and better and better. And by the time they made the playoffs, the play-in, um, they were a cohesive unit. Brandon Ingram's getting better every year. Uh, Herb Jones, oh my goodness, is such a utility, such a glue guy. Um, I'm a big fan of his, both, you know, just watching games and, and fantasy. Like, he's just a, he's a, a very good glue guy. And, um, you still got Jose Alvarado. You still got CJ out there who who 
you know, showed immediate impact once once they acquired him halfway through last season. And then, you know, you have Zion Williamson coming back, who looks pretty much in the best NBA shape he's ever looked in. Um, he's a good kid. He wants to play basketball. He wants to hoop. And I believe I believe we're going to see, as long as he stays healthy, I believe we're going to see a dominant season from him. So um, with all that being said, though, I got us winning. Um, I don't know who's guarding KD. Good luck. You got Kyrie. They hungry. Ben Simmons gonna do something. I'm I'm assuming if I'm gonna if I'm gonna give you a stat line, let's say 14 to 15 points, uh, eight assists, seven assists, and eight rebounds from Ben Simmons. Like this guy is gonna be filling up the he's gonna be filling up the box score, and not just in the major stats that I just mentioned. Like he's gonna be getting a a steal to two a game. He's gonna be getting a block. He's still pretty much a seven footer. So um. I expect him to assert himself. I just don't expect him to. I'm not. I'm not trying to be unrealistic here. He's still a guy that I know is afraid to drive at certain times, and I, he's still a guy that doesn't want to shoot free throws. So, you know, it's it's gonna be a good game. But I got us winning. I got Brooklyn winning. I need KD to give me a 50 point triple double. I drafted him with the eighth pick in the first round. Of <laughs> in game one, basketball. Yeah, yeah. Just come out. Let the haters know, like, yo, KD, this this is who I am. Drop a 50. Because, ironically enough, my opponent for week one of fantasy basketball has Kyrie. So, you know, I need KD to do more than Kyrie this, at least this week. You feel me? If it, just for, for pride purposes. That being said, you know, like I said, we talked about the Celtics at the beginning of this episode. We just finished talking about the Nets. Sean Lowry, you are a fan of the Los Angeles Clippers. And you know, me and you have had constant conversation about not only your team, but what it means to be a Clippers fan in the city of L.A. Mm-hmm. We've talked about the the greatness of uh, of Steve Ballmer ever since he came in, how he changed the culture. You know I yeah. love Kawhi. I'm a big Kawhi fan. What are your expectations for what – are, what are your thoughts on the moves the team has made? Kawhi is coming back. You have Paul George. And, ladies and gentlemen, let's, let's – Let's take a second here. The return of John Wall. After so many years of of him not being able to play, you know, he didn't have the most successful stint in Houston, given the youth and the direction they're going. John Wall is now part of the Clippers. What are your thoughts on this Clippers team? Um, And at the end of it, please give us your expectations for opening night because you guys do open your season versus the Lakers. Ah, yes, yes. So expectations well if you're a real clipper fan you you have like ptsd um when it comes to you know just hearing any type of like you can't get too happy it feels like but no nah, but but really though i do expect them to be contending for a championship um i love the moves we made and it's actually the opposite of the nets right where for the longest i felt doc was holding us back and for those that know, I can't stand Doc. Not as I don't know him as a person. I'm sure he's an amazing person, but as a coach, he used to drive me crazy. So when we got rid of him, it, it was a blessing in disguise. So honestly, um, the biggest concern for me is just health. Um, I don't feel there's too many coaches that can out coach Ty Lu. Um, our roster is deep. Um, obviously, we we added John Wall. Um, we have Covington, um, <laughs> Reggie Jackson. We even have uh, what's his name? Uh, Brandon Boston, the young kid who probably won't even get played that much, but I, I think he's definitely a start in the future. Like we're just ridiculously deep 
Um, Don't you got Norman Powell too? Norman Powell. Oh my God. Yes. Sheesh. Another. You know what I mean? So like, it's just it's ridiculous to the point. Like honestly, if I'm Tyloo, like Tyloo's not going to, but I would start Powell. Like I would start him and have Reggie and and Wall come off the bench. Um, but with that being said, at least there's rumors that Reggie's most likely going to be the starter. Um, I know Wall, like there, there's a chance Wall can get it. For me, I would have Reggie starting. That doesn't mean that he has more minutes than Wall, but I would start him. And the reason why is because I know people talk about John Wall's playmaking ability, which, yes, will be great. But the Clippers a lot of times have Paul George basically as like the point forward because um, his handles is good enough. So with that being said, and Kawhi has the ball a lot too. So with that being said, Reggie's a better three-point shooter. So you want to spread the floor. So that's how I kind of look at it. But I just look at it like they can literally close games with Batum, uh, uh, Morris, um, Covington, Kawhi, and Paul George. Like that's just ridiculous to me. <laughs> like the wings and like how they can switch one through five like all game. So the potential for this team can be really amazing but I'm not even focused on the season where as a Clipper fan um you know I've seen I saw great regular seasons with Lob City so honestly I'm more so focused on the postseason of course I'm still going to watch the regular season enjoy it but my focus is more so like I always like to say building good habits I always say that so that's what I'm more so looking for is the Clippers building good habits because it doesn't matter how great their roster is if I see terrible habits I'll tell you guys right now, like, oh, yeah, no, they're, they're not going to go far with this. Um, so I'm just going to be looking for the habits that they're building and, and help. So if Kawhi and Paul George only play 50 games, that's fine with me. I don't care. Like, if you want to rest them, that's, we're deep enough that they can play 50 games and have someone else filling. I'm perfectly fine with that um, because I, I believe that, for the most part, this, this group is pretty close, and they seem to all get along and root for each other to the point where I'm not worried about chemistry. Um, if they played 50, 60 games, I'm not tripping on that. Um, but, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I am I'm can't lie. I'm, I'm super excited just to see uh, what this team's going to do. Even Paul George just came out. He didn't have to, but he just recently said, like, hey, Kawhi's the number one guy. And that's big, and I guess says a lot to the, the culture of the team and to Paul George because he could easily, right, people forget, like, he was, he was a guy in Indiana. I mean, in a lot of ways, he was a guy in OKC. <laughs> um, so, you know, and he and he basically helped lead us to uh, the Western Conference Finals when we lost to the, the damn Phoenix Suns. We lost to them. And I don't even – and we lost because, one, I think Zubak ended up getting hurt, if I remember correctly. I know Kawhi obviously was out. On top of that, though, we played back to – or, no, we played every other game for, like, six weeks, which is ridiculous. No other team did that. I remember so, we discussed that when it was happening. Yeah, like that that pissed me off, right? But and even then, like that's how good of a coach Ty Lu is, and that's how uh, much heart this team has. That we took them to a game six, you know what I mean? And you saw Phoenix fully loaded get blasted um, by the Mavericks, who we beat, <laughs> right? Like, um, so so that that kind of annoyed me just because I know we had a chance, but. With that being said, if we're healthy, I like our chances against anybody. I still respect Golden State. They're still, um, you know, they're still the champs. So you have to beat the champs. But um, I, the honestly, the crazy part is the teams I probably fear is Memphis, 
and the Pelicans, and that's just because they're young and athletic. That's it. Um, but yeah, I, I I love I love what this team can do as far as was it opening night. Uh, we play the Lakers. Yeah, I, I think we're gonna for sure, for sure uh, uh, beat them. Um, I hope that we. Um, <laughs> I love Pat Bev, but he's been talking a lot of mess. So um, I hope we destroy him too, for sure. Um, but I know it's also because he's hurt because he never wanted to leave the Clippers. Um, he, but at the same time, we had to make a decision. So, um, so yeah, I think I think we beat them. Um, I'll say, I don't know, I, I can't even put a, a a point on it, but I'm gonna say we we win at least by double digits for sure. Um, and yeah, yeah, I, I'm just excited. I'm excited. You're saying the Clippers come out because it, are you the home team or away? It doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, so the Clippers are going to beat the Lakers in Crypto Arena, one fifty to one hundred. I feel you. I got it. All right, great. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. If we're getting one fifty, but um, <laughs> I'll I'll say like uh, I don't know. I'll say one. If I hit this, I, I need to hit the lotto. But I'll say one. <laughs> one uh, one eleven to ninety seven. How about that? Okay, something like that. Well, from just real quick on what Sean said about the Clippers, I do agree. Um, like, I like Norman Powell starting. Um, it, it hasn't been – it's not something they threw in the air or anything like that, but I, I would have him start. I still do view um, – well, Wall can't come back from the layoff he, he had and start. He has to earn that position. So it, I guess it's pretty much between Powell and – um. Is it Jackson, Reggie Jackson? It's between yeah, Red, Red, Reggie uh, Jackson. Well, it's supposed to be between Reggie Jackson and Wall, but like I said, I would lean towards Reggie Jackson. And as far as Powell, I, it won't surprise me if what, what you just mentioned and what I mentioned as well is – that's what I love about Luke. But that it won't surprise me if he does something like that in the playoffs right? where he starts Powell. Okay. But I, I would like if he was starting, I think um just from his time with the Raptors to – with the, I just like how he fits with the Clippers and what yeah. what what he would provide to that starting unit. Just knowing what Paul George, what Kawhi brings, I think he'd you know provide a lot. Now, Wall, it's always great to have a a point guard that can stay in front of the opposite point guard that you know can be athletic and and is a gifted passer. But like you said, we already established Paul George is a playmaker, and even at times Kawhi is a playmaker. Um, when you're really in the groove, and I don't think you want to change that right now. But I do love the the idea of Wall being a spark, just a spark plug off the bench for the Clippers against you know whoever it may be. Having that type of firepower off the bench is is something that most players have problems with. But Wall coming out of the situation he's coming out of, I think he's open to whatever. He's just grateful to be playing basketball again. And just to quickly go over or not go over, but just, I'd like to say, I'm happy that Wolves made a return to the NBA. Um, we, we had to see him sit on the bench the whole of last year. And even before that, he's gone through a lot with um just the loss of his mother, um, yeah. almost losing a foot. Uh, and then, you know, he's a former, he's a former number one pick, isn't he? He's a former number uh, one pick. Yes. I think he's number one pick. Um, but remember too, he talked about battling with mental health too. He was in, like in a yeah. dark place as well. 
Yeah, right. Yeah, he did say exactly. He did say um he was in an extremely dark place, and there was times where he didn't want to be here. You know, so mm-hmm. just to see him smiling again um on the bench, you know, joking with Kawhi, joking with his teammates, um, it's just it's a blessing. Like I'm just happy to see it. Like I'm happy because money doesn't buy happiness, and regardless of Fuck. regardless of if he had great contracts or whatever, it's not it's not what I'm looking at right now. I just want him to you know be happy about his situation and feel useful and feel like he can provide to a team. And I think, um the Clippers is the perfect team for him to be on. And he's playing for the perfect owner. Um, Sean, I think Sean briefly mentioned Bomber, but I'd, I'd say, you know, aside from being the richest owner, he's my favorite owner. Like he shows genuine enthusiasm for the game of basketball. He's always there um, sitting in front court. He's like, he's always like, he just, you wouldn't know, like if you didn't know Balmer, like if you didn't know his ties and, and where he comes from, he could pass off as, as just a a fan, you know, and, and that's what you want from your owner. You want your owner to, to actually be a fan of the sport because then you know he's taking it seriously. So I do think the Clippers will be good again. Um they weren't bad last year. Don't forget they weren't bad last year, despite all of the injuries. So with Kawhi coming back healthy, Paul George coming back healthy. John Wall coming back healthy, um, and then the returning the the, the returning members like Zubox and and Reggie Jackson and Norman Powell and there's a few I'm forgetting like I think you mentioned uh, Brandon Boston Jr. should be entering yeah. his like second or third year. Yeah. Like I just I just like the I like the team. I feel they're deep. I agree in a sense of I, I wouldn't say lose like the best coach, but he's a top coach. And when it comes to end game scenarios, he's a top three coach. So yeah. um, the Clippers aren't missing anything. I don't think they need to go seek anything out. I think things just need to click. And as long as things click, the, the West is going to have to pay hell. Like I remember how scared Golden State used to be of Kawhi. So, and that can yeah. definitely happen again. So Yeah. I think too, the biggest also for Ty Lue, I mean, I'm probably a little biased when I when I say, you know, I think he – well, I mean, he's one of the best. I, I want to say he's the, the – well, top three for sure. Top three, top three. But um, mm-hmm. the biggest thing, too, as well, where I'll be paying attention to, especially during the season, is the rotation, right? Because when you do have so much talent and so many players that could do different things, you have to make sure that you find the right match, you right. know, and, and you don't, like – basically, like, you start favoring one player when – like, basically, I want to see if he's going to be flexible. Like, you know, for this team, actually, yeah, I'm going to play this person more. Or I'm going to do this. Or I'm going to do that. So, a lot of times when you have a lot of talent, it get it gets tricky as far as trying to figure out who goes where. Because not everyone's going to play. Like, Coffee's not going to play all the time. Brandon Boss is not going to play all the time. Um, there might be times where, you know, maybe Morris or Covington or, or Batum doesn't play as much on particular games. So, it's just different things like that where, I, where I'm curious to see. Um, the good part is our team is literally made up of they feel like underdogs. They all feel like they were kind of passed over or looked over. So that is the good part where because of that, they all have that hunger and they are rooting for each other. But I do want to see how Ty Lue is going to be to handle um, the rotation. I feel that. I feel that. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to wind down this episode with just going around and giving some of our quick thoughts, you know, a minute or so per, on some of our expectations. Well, some of the teams we're looking forward to or players we are looking forward to, especially in opening week. 
Uh, I'll start us off. I will not. We started this episode with the Celtics. I will not end this episode with the Celtics. So you guys are spared that. But the one player I'm looking really forward to is Paolo Benchero and the number one overall pick from Duke University, who's now in Orlando. I'm He's always been touted as NBA ready. He had a pretty solid preseason. I'm excited to really see him take over the NBA by storm. I'm excited to see what he can produce. I don't have high expectations for Orlando because Orlando as a squad is just a very confusing team. They I don't think they really know exactly what they're doing, and I blame that on the front office more so. But I am looking forward to seeing how Paolo comes out. You know, he'll be the starting power forward, see what he'll be able to do. And we already know he's going to be a rookie of the year candidate even before tip-off. But that's one of the guys I'm looking forward to, um, especially this week. What about you, Jabari and then Sean? I'm looking at DeJounte Murray. Um, When you look at that division that the Hawks are in, I think it's pretty much just Atlanta and Miami. At, as far as who can come out of that division. And Atlanta throughout the years, throughout Trey Young's years in the league, they've they've gotten better. They've gotten they've had some players playoff success. And I think DeJounte is a piece that that helps opposing um defenses not have to just key in on Trey. Because that pretty much was the game plan. You key in on Trey, you disrupt him. Because not only is his is he their offense, he's their primary playmaker too. So you take some responsibilities out of Trey's hands and and you put them in Murray's hands. Murray's also a gifted um, playmaker. Coming out of the Spurs system, he's learned a lot. He's grown a lot. Um, there was a, a point in his career where teams didn't really seek out for him, and the Spurs took their chance on him, developed him, and he is the player he is today. So it's an intriguing backcourt. Um, at times it looks like a small backcourt because the smaller member of the backcourt um, does more of the two guard things and the bigger member does more of the one guard things but as long as you don't really tie too much into the the positions and the roles and you just look at them as as just being a fluid backcourt I think they can do great things um, they've already begun establishing chemistry with their teammates like Collins and and Capella who are both lob threats so I think I'm looking at Murray I'm, I want to see I'm, it's always interesting to see what a player does coming out of a Greg Popovich system. And I just want to see it. I just want to see it. The last, the last player I paid attention to coming out of that system messed around and won a championship. So (laughs) I just want to see what Dante can bring to the Atlanta Hawks. And I think just for that city, just knowing Atlanta, they'll, they'll definitely appreciate it. Yeah. For, well, you took, actually you took mine because I, I had Atlanta as my breakout team. So that's okay though. I can pivot. Um, so my my breakout team I actually have is the um Cleveland Cavaliers. Um obviously they was right there before injuries. And um obviously Mowgli, who I who I love a lot, um, Evan Mowgli, um, and then what they have a uh, Jared Allen, who's what they basically twin towers in their front court. Um I actually saw what was it last year, which was crazy to me. I saw Mowgli like really just locking uh Paul George on like a possession which was just wild to me to see but having him obviously Garland Ricky Rubio they just added um Mitchell even though I'm not as high on Mitchell as most people but I do think it's enough to help them get over the hump 
and I like their coaching staff. Um, I just really think they're they're finally going to be to make the noise. I mean, they were close to doing it last year, but I think they finally get to get in in the playoff dance and um, show what they can do. So I'm actually excited to see them. Um, and then also for my was it my breakout player or the player I want to see, I should say, um, who I, I like a lot. Um, he showed flash flashes, but that's just uh, Jalen Green. Um, I know he's been he was looking pretty good in the preseason as well, but I'm excited for him. Um, he also added, I think he, I want to say he added like ten to twelve pounds because obviously he was a, he was a slim dude. But having that off season, his first you know NBA off season definitely helped. He added like ten twelve pounds, which is great for him, especially for him being a pure scorer like that. Um, now he's going to be able to finish a little bit better around traffic because that was his issue at times where. He would be the breakdown his defender get to the cup, but he had a hard time finishing. Um, but I want to say I, I think to like finish the season or something like that. He I, I want to say last eight ten games something like that. I, I would have to double check the numbers, but he averaged like around thirty points, um, which is you know phenomenal. It's something that I think they were they were saying. I wish I could remember the stat, but basically. It's something that someone hasn't did since, like, Allen Iverson or something like that. Um, so I, I'm curious. I don't think the Rockets are going to be that great. But um, I am excited to see Jalen Green just take that next step. and Because um, I, I do think he's going to be one of those premier scorers in the league for a long time. You actually reminded me, Sean, about the Cavs. Karis LeVert, he is yeah. the odd man out with the Mitchell acquisition, and they do have Isaac Okoro, too, the young and Isaac Okoro. Are we thinking yeah. that Karras might be a, a piece that's traded, uh, or will he get more time over Okoro? What's up? What, what do y'all think? I don't see him as an odd man out, actually. I see him as a a perfect bench piece. He, he can create his own shot. He can facilitate. He's just not viewed as a starter in this league, though. And Cleveland begun last year playing him off the bench because I think they, they saw the same thing. He just didn't fit in with that starting unit. Um, I do find it – it's funny that Sean mentioned the Cavaliers, though, because when I think of that backcourt after the Spider trade, I do view it in a similar light to the way I view the Hawks' backcourt. It's a, what some would view as an undersized backcourt with a, a smaller two than what you probably would want. But it makes up; they make up for it with rim protectors and um and Jared Allen and and and, and a versatile defender like Sean said and Evan Mobley, and then you were just mentioning like Caris LeVert, who who can be I think a a great I I call him a utility player because he offers a few things. It's just depending on what you see his role as and what role does he see himself having? Like, did, did he buy into it? So on and so forth. But um, it's, it's, it's a question mark, but it's a, it's a good problem to have. Worst case scenario, it doesn't work out. But if it doesn't work out, it doesn't impact the team heavily. Um, I think fully healthy, him helping works out. But like I said, they can, they can get a trade done. He still has value. He's still young. And they have a Coro who I would view as more of like a defensive specialist, more of a yeah, you know. So there, there's a lot of there's a lot of growing to do in Cleveland in the first place, you know. And they're uh, they're they're finally getting back to a place where it's it's 
they're they're kind of preparing themselves for winning post LeBron. So it's not the easiest thing to accomplish, you know? So, and I, I think their coach, um, JB Bickerstaff is a great coach, a great young coach. Um, I really, I really do appreciate what he's doing over there. So I think they just need some time, time to gel, time to get things, you know, see, see how they want to play. And, and, and even the older guys on that team are young. <laughs> like if you look at the starting lineup and love's not a starter. So if you look at the starting lineup, the oldest player might be, Jared Allen or Donovan Mitchell or Donovan Mitchell like and that's saying something that's like a 25 26 year old being your oldest player um oldest starter actually you know and then and then you have your one veteran which is love um I think they may have brought back Rubio and Uh, and before he he went down last year he was a, a great backup for them like they loved Rubio and I think Rubio loved it there so it's 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 a funny team it's a funny team but Luckily, I don't see any of those guys and think ego or attitude or this player should probably doesn't want to buy in. I don't see that with any of them. So um, the sky's the limit for Cleveland. Just like how I, I felt about Atlanta, I think the sky's the limit for Cleveland for sure. Now, I do say with Levert, I could see him because defensively he, he, he can be really great at times. Offensively, though. He sometimes do some bonehead things, like his basketball IQ at times is is ridiculous. So I could see if if it's something like that where he's taking shots away or he's just you know just doing silly things. I could see it where okay if if they're getting enough defensively from everyone else and he's not able to really produce um, offensively at all or he's just doing silly things. I could see him being a a, a trade chip. Uh, down the line but I mean we'll see like obviously having him come off the bench definitely will help help the Cavs if he's locked in defensively like I feel like his role should basically be hey you gonna be a three and D guy like you don't need you trying to create nothing just strictly a three and D guy if he can embrace that role I think that definitely will help the Cavs um but yeah I, I mean I'm excited to see what they do um they was right there last year like I said they just had some injuries and stuff like that so um now, I do have questions because I, I know at times – now, it could have been Mitchell just doesn't like Gobert, <laughs> but a lot of times he would have tunnel vision and he would just strictly be like bump everyone else. It's about to be the Mitchell show. So I do want to see if he can really buy in and at times play off the ball because Garland should have the ball for him. So I'm just curious about that. So that, that, but that should be fun. It should be a fun watch. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the newest – Brand new, all new episode of Full Court Press. Um, I know I sound like a broken record, but we're back. <laughs> we're back. <laughs> You'll see more of us, especially from Jabari and Sean. Uh, y'all make sure to have a wonderful, wonderful opening week. Happy NBA Day. Gentlemen, any closing remarks before we head on out of here? Um, I appreciate everyone for listening. For, for tuning back in for another season of Full Court Press. Um, I promise if you if you keep tuning into these episodes, we'll get better and better. Um, just thank you for your time. And thank you, Sean, you know, for showing up, for lending your expertise with us. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. No, I, I appreciate being on. And for those that's, you know, tuning in, I definitely appreciate y'all. I hope y'all, you know, be blessed, be safe, and uh, let's just enjoy, enjoy a great season. Mm-hmm. And as always, go Celtics. Ha, 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 ha.